0: but it's crazy. This time of year goes so fast. And this, this week, we're hopping into our second week of Advent, and last week, we talked about hope and how Jesus brings us hope. But this week, we're talking about peace. We're talking about peace and the peace that Jesus brings, but I don't know about you guys, but this time of year feels so unpeaceful sometimes. It feels absolutely chaotic. We've got finals. We're trying to wrap up school. We got Christmas parties like every night. Anybody just love your grandma's Christmas party? Anybody go to a, a They got like weird casseroles and stuff, but we got this, this time of year is just crazy. And it's supposed to be a time of peace where we're celebrating, we're reflecting, our Savior has come. Our Savior has been born in a manger. He's come, but it's so unpeaceful. It's crazy. We've turned this holiday, this celebration, into madness, where people are trying to get gifts for everyone, and we have Christmas parties, and we've got just so much going on. And tonight, or this morning, sorry, we want to dive into God's word and I want to look at who the Prince of Peace is, our Messiah. What does it truly mean to have peace in our lives? Who is this Prince of Peace that has come, and what is he doing in our lives? What, what's the peace that he's bringing to us on a daily basis? So can you guys say this with me? Can you say, Jesus restores peace? Be up on the screen. Jesus restores peace. So we're going to be hopping in today. Will you guys pray with me? God, we, we love you so much. And we just invite the peace that you can only bring, and we invite it into this place right now. In this time of year where it's just hustle and bustle and trying to get everything done, God, we just take some time today to slow down. To slow down and be filled up with the peace that only you can bring to our lives. And so, God, we just pray that your will be done, that your kingdom come today, and that we get to experience you unlike we ever have before. You are everything. We'd turn our eyes to your Son, to your Messiah the one who is given to us today, the one that brings us peace, the Prince of Peace, God. So we love you, we thank you, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right, so what do we think of when we think of peace? Anybody got a good definition for me? What do you, what's peace, Levi? Stillness. Stillness? Okay, what else? We got anything else? What do you got here? What was that? Overwhelming calmness? Overwhelming calmness? One more. What you got, bro? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Okay, good stuff. Would you guys agree with me that when we think of peace, probably what comes to mind is just the absence of conflict. When we think of peace, we're like, oh, I'm at peace with my sibling. We didn't try and kill each other today. We actually like hung out and we had a good time, right? Or maybe peace between countries. Um, they aren't at war. So maybe we aren't at war with England right now. So we could say that we're with peace with England, right? That's kind of what we think of um, when we think of peace. It's just the absence of conflict. And yes, what you guys are saying, maybe like we have this tranquility and that's also peace as well. But I want to look at who the Prince of Peace is. If you guys go to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, if you have your Bibles this morning or it'll be up on the screen. Isaiah chapter 9. This is one of the the passages of Advent for this week. It says, For a child will be born for us, and a son will be given to us. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and to sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. So the Prince of Peace, right? We've got this in Isaiah the prophet. He's, he's saying, hey, the, the Messiah is coming. He's going to be the Prince of Peace. He's going to be a mighty God, wonderful counselor. But he also says that he's going to be on the throne of David. That he's going to rule forever and ever. And that he's going to, that the zeal of the Lord of armies is going to accomplish this. I don't know about you guys, but when I read this, I think the Messiah is coming to wreck some havoc. I think the Messiah is coming down to earth to take over the kingdom, to take over the throne. He's coming down and he's going to establish his rule in his kingdom. He's going to establish the rule of God on earth I think a lot of people probably thought this in that time. They're like, the Messiah is coming to be this mighty warrior. This baby in the manger is going to grow up and he's going to deliver us from the governments. The government's going to be on his shoulder and he's going to rule and he's going to be our king. So a lot of people in this time, that's what they're thinking of the Messiah. But this Prince of Peace was a different perspective, brought a different perspective to what people maybe thought of what he was going to do. The world was expecting Jesus to come and to tear down what was here. they were expecting him to come down and tear down the governments, take over the throne. They were expecting him to be this fierce warrior, but Jesus came as the prince of peace. He came with this approach not to tear down, but to build up and to restore. He came to build up the things that were broken in this world. He came to restore what was broken in this world. He's the prince of peace My first point this morning is that peace is found in wholeness with God. we throw that up there? Peace is found in wholeness with God. So there are two Greek words that we see that are used for peace. We have the word shalom and the word erene. Can you guys say these with me? Can you throw those up there? Say shalom. Say erene. So we have these two words that both are kind of the meaning of peace that we maybe have today, but they're a little bit different, though. They don't just mean the absence of of conflict. What these two words mean is to take something that was broken or unwhole and to restore, to bring to completeness, to take what was missing and make it whole again. In the Old Testament, when countries would come into shalom together, it wasn't that they weren't just fighting anymore, they were coming together. That they were coming to this place of shalom where they were building each other up, restoring. And it says that Jesus is our Eirene, that He was the embodiment of Shalom. In Ephesians two fourteen, it says, "For He is our peace, or He is our Eirene." So, Shalom and Eirene—they mean something that is broken to be whole and to be restored again. To take this missing piece, the things that were lacking, and bring it so that something is complete and whole. Can we throw up that picture for me this morning? How many of you guys have ever seen these memes before? They're like the missing piece. If I just had this piece, I would be complete. This guy, his missing piece is garlic bread. Mine would probably be like coffee. Mateo, would you probably agree, like, without coffee, like, you're garlic bread? Garlic bread is fire. Anybody love the bread from Olive Garden? I'd put that up there, too. Oh, my gosh, bro. Gar- garlic bread from Olive Garden is amazing. And so, shalom et reine means for something that's incomplete to come to a state of completeness or wholeness. Say it one more time with me. Say shalom Say So we have these great words meaning peace. A little bit different though than just the absence of conflict. We see that the prince of peace, he came to earth. He was born into this world to build and to restore. That was a big yawn. I think that's what that was. Cool. <laughs> hey, I need, I need a volunteer. Anybody can, oh, that was quick. Um, let's go back here in the, in the back. Yep. With the awesome sweatshirt. I love it. I need you to do me a favor this morning. What's your name? Come up here with me. What was it? Lola. Can everyone give a hand for Lola this morning? All right, I'm going to have you do me a favor, okay? Okay. I'm going to bring you over here. What you're going to do, these are Jenga blocks. Anybody love giant Jenga? It's pretty sweet. Let's go. I need you to build me a Jenga tower on the edge of the stage here, right? Okay, try to be quiet. Don't don't sit there and just like smack them together. Okay, just nice and quiet. I'm going to have you build that for a few minutes while I'm talking, okay? All righty. So this morning, can you guys all flip over to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. It should be up on the screen as well. It says, So then, remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised by those called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time you were without Christ... "...excluded from the citizenship of Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace." He is our Adirene this morning. "...who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility, and in his flesh he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and express and regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. So what do we got going on here? We've got the Gentiles. They're the people that are excluded from the presence of God at this time. We had the Jews who were God's chosen people, the Israelites, and they, were, they were, had this connection, they had relationship with God, but we had the Gentiles who were outside of this. They were aliens, they were strangers, they were having no hope, and they were without God. They were at a place where they were spiritually dead, Without access, they didn't have hope, and it was, a, it was a tough spot to be. It says they were without Christ. Without Christ, they did not have these things. And this morning, a true peace in our lives comes from being in complete harmony and connection with God, our Creator. But we aren't able to experience this completeness, this wholeness, without Jesus. It says. It says without Christ, they were without hope. They were without God. They were spiritually dead. They didn't have anything in their life that was bringing them the completeness. But then Jesus came. What happened? It says that Jesus came and through his blood that when they were far away, he made them able to have access to God. That they were brought near by the blood of Christ. And this morning, I have her building this tower and I want to talk to you is that without Christ is the scariest place to be. Without Christ, we are without light. We are without rest. We are without safety. We are, without, we are, we are lacking in our lives without Christ so we got this Jenga tower. Thank you so much for finishing it. It's a beautiful tower. Give her another hand. You can grab a seat. And so I've got this tower, right? And it says that they were without Christ. So what happens when they were without Christ? Let's pull this one here. They were without hope. Let's keep throwing it on. They were, what else were they without? They were without God. Without Christ, we are without our peace. We don't have light. And what starts to happen is without Christ, we see our foundation Start to get a little bit wobbly up here. Let's see. Ooh, this one's a little shaky. Which one should I go for next? The top one? Let's see. All right, this one's looking pretty wobbly here, okay? So without Christ, what happens is we're trying to find this place in our lives where we're complete, where we're whole, and we try to do without Christ our foundations. And what starts to happen, I almost got you guys. That was close. Is our peace, our wholeness in our lives, it collapses. It says that without Christ, we are without God. We are without the one who makes us whole and complete this morning. But what's so amazing is that on Christmas, this time of year that we're celebrating, what happened is Jesus was born into our world. Jesus came in the manger. He was born to us, but he came with a mission and a purpose, and that was to draw us near to God. He was, his mission and his purpose was to draw us into the presence of God so we could experience full shalom in our lives, that he was our reine, and it comes through the blood of Christ. It says, by the blood of Christ. Can we throw that out there? Say that with me. Say, by the blood of Christ. Say that. By the blood of Christ. What does it say? It says that we are drawn near. We are far off, but we have been brought near by the blood of Christ this morning. What Jesus did on the cross is when he suffered and he took our place as guilty sinners, what happened is that he brought us to this place when we were lacking, we were without hope, we were without life, we were without, we were incomplete, we did not have shalom. His death and his resurrection brought us to this place where we come into harmony with God, where we have the ability to access God. That's a beautiful thing this morning. He took our lives that were broken without God and went far off and he brought us near by the blood of Christ. Let's keep going, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 17 through 22. It says he came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and the peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. There it is, we have access to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. The Prince of Peace, he came to build. He came to restore. He is the cornerstone of our faith. And he allows us to come into relationship with with God in his kingdom. But we're not just like second-class citizens this morning. We're not just like, oh yeah, we get to maybe experience God every once in a while. No, we are called to be in, we're called God's children this morning. That's amazing that we are called God's children, that we are equal in God's household. We are brought into the family of God, and we are made whole because of what Jesus did. And it says that everything we believe, it's built on Christ, that he is the cornerstone of our faith, our salvation, and our hope this morning. And without Christ, again, this is what it is, without Christ, our shalom, the things of this world, we're trying to, trying to be built up, but without Christ, we're never going to come to a place of completeness in our lives this morning. And so our peace, right, is ultimately being found in Christ and being in connection, being in, in harmony with God. And it comes through what Jesus has done for us, allowing us to be whole and complete. But how are we going to receive this peace this morning? How are we going to receive that? How do we say, man, I, I, this is amazing peace, and Jesus is peace, he is the prince of peace. But what does that mean for our lives today? What does that mean for us moving forward on a daily basis? If we look at Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 14, it says, Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts, with the angels praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people He favors." So, this peace that He's bringing, the Prince of Peace is bringing it to earth. But He says to the ones He favors, "Who are these people? Who are the ones that Jesus favors?" Is it the ones with the special VIP card? You know, you got like have to swipe it and like get extra access to God's kingdom. Is that who it is? No. Who are the people that God favors? And I want to tell you guys tonight that's all of us in this room, that we all in this room have the ability to experience and access God's peace in our lives tonight or today. And Christmas is this unique time where the Messiah comes and he's reminding of us of the peace that he's offering. And it's for anyone though that is willing to take it. He says that he could and will give peace. This is point number two is that faith is the catalyst for peace, which is meaning that faith is the step towards peace. The faith that we have in Jesus is a step that leads towards our peace. Our lives are broken. We have things that are incomplete and that need to be made whole this morning, that need to be restored. And Christ has come to do that. He has come to provide his peace and restore it. But there's a step that we had to take to, re- to receive this peace. Let's look at one of my favorite stories. It's in Mark chapter five. It's a woman who is bleeding for 12 years. This woman has been, she's sick, and she spent all of her money on trying to get better, and she's been cast out by her community. She's been cast out, and she is without, she is lacking, she is incomplete, and she's not whole. Let's read it. It says, For now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. And on the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, If I just touch his clothes, I will be made well. "'Instantly her flow of blood ceased, "'and she sensed in her body "'that she was healed of her affliction. "'And at once Jesus realized in himself "'that power had gone out from him. "'He turned around to the crowd and he said, "'Who touched my clothes?' "'His disciples said to him, "'You see the crowd pressing against you, "'and yet you say, who touched me?' "'But he looked around to see who had done this, "'and the woman with fear and trembling, "'knowing what had happened to her, "'came and fell down before him "'and told him the whole truth. "'Daughter,' he said to her, "'your faith has saved you. "'Go in peace and be healed from your afflictions.' Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. So beautiful about this story. So amazing about this is how she received her healing, how she received her peace. This woman wasn't just like sitting on the side of the road and she's just like walking down and she's not just like looking at him like, oh, that's cool, there's Jesus, there's the Prince of Peace over there. That's pretty cool, I'm glad he's here and I'm glad he's hanging out with everyone. And what does she do? What does it say that she did? It says that she pushed through the crowd And she touched his clothes. The peace that she experienced after doing this led to her healing. The the faith that she had led to peace and the peace that ended her suffering. And the peace that Jesus offers us comes when we move and respond towards what he's doing in our lives. The peace that Jesus offers comes when we are willing to stand up and come towards him. Because he's got his hand outreached saying, I'm giving you peace. He's saying, just take my hand this morning. When we look at this perspective of the Prince of Peace... As something to be made whole, to come into fullness and completeness, it changes our perspective. Jesus is telling these people in the New Testament, we see all these these miracles. And Jesus says, hey, go in peace, right? He heals someone from blindness and he, he does these miracles and he says, go in peace. And what he's telling them, he's not just saying a fancy way of like goodbye, like go in peace. No, that's not what he's saying. Jesus is saying, go in peace, go in restoration, go in wholeness of what has happened. That's what this woman did. She risked everything to come and to be restored by Jesus. She was lacking, she was without, and she's realized, I need Jesus. I need the one and only one who can bring me completion today. She realized that she was without him, and she did everything she could to move towards him, to respond towards what Jesus was doing. She knew she'd only find shalom to the only one who can truly give it. So the ones that his favor rests upon, the peace that he's bringing to the earth, they are the ones that acknowledge he is everything. They are the ones that acknowledge that the, he is the light of the world, that he has come to bring peace. The people in the Bible that saw Jesus as their everything, they didn't just sit there and think nice thoughts about Jesus. What did they do? They stood up. They ran towards him. They gave everything. They laid down their lives, and they raised their hands, and they pushed the crowd, and they cried at his feet. They recognized his authority and asked for forgiveness. And what happened is they walked away in peace, in shalom, because of this. These people on whom his favor rests are all of us today. We have the ability to move towards Jesus, to experience his fullness and his shalom in our lives. We all want peace, right? Raise your hand if you like peace. Anybody like peace in the room? We all want it this morning, right? But how many of us are maybe trying to find it in the ways that the world is offering it to us? The peace of maybe better life circumstances, the peace of a smooth last week of school, financial peace, whatever it is, these, these things of peace add up to just really our, our well-being, our health, our safety, our comfort and happiness. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus doesn't give peace the way that this world is giving peace. He is bringing new peace to us in this season. He gives it to the ones who are willing to risk everything to walk up to him and receive the peace that he's offering. I want to tell you guys a little story uh, just about my life in the last about six months or so. It's been a crazy time of life. Me and my wife got married. She graduated college. We've moved twice, and it's been crazy. We've had a lot of unpeaceful moments, a lot of um, just struggle going on lately, and we were in this place where we were trying to find our security. We were trying to find our wholeness and our peace in the jobs that we had, in our community, in our living situations. We were trying to find peace and this completeness in what the world was trying to offer to us, and we were just spinning our wheels. We were just continuing to come to this place where we were tired and we were anxious. We were without, we were lacking. Anybody in this room today feel just tired and anxious? Anybody just feeling like, man, I'm tired. I don't have the peace of God right now. And what happened is that we were feeling this. We were feeling like we were lost, we were without. And we came to a spot one night finally and we looked at each other and said, what are we doing? Why are we doing this on our own? Why are we trying to find completeness and wholeness right now in ourselves and each other and the friends we have? Why are we not looking to Jesus what happened is we laid it all down. We said, God, we give it to you right now. Jesus, we are looking to you, the only one who can bring us hope. And what happened is he brought us to you guys. He brought us here to this place, and it's great and awesome, but what he was doing is he was, he was showing us that your peace isn't found in, in what you can do. Your peace is found in where I'm leading and what I'm doing in your life. So he brought us to this place, but then we came to this, to this place, and we didn't, we didn't know what it was going to look like. We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know what my wife was going to work. We didn't know if we'd have friends. And God's been providing all of that and working all of it. It's been awesome. But the biggest thing that we've experienced is peace. We've experienced this place in our life that we've never felt as a married couple yet of rest. Because Jesus is working in us and showing us that, hey, if you're looking to me first, I'm going to make it all work out together. Before, you guys were straining so hard just to, just to get it figured out and to just make it by. But no, I'm bringing you rest now if you look towards me. And we have this, we've been in this spot where our marriage is the best it's ever been. I know it's only been six months, so we don't have like a lot of time to be like, well, it's been terrible here. But no, it's been really good these last six months. But I want to encourage you guys that there's places in your life this morning that maybe you're feeling incomplete and broken. And just like, man, I, I need some peace. I need God to come and to restore me this morning. I want you guys to take a second. I want you to think. Where is the place that you are needing shalom in your life this morning? Where are you needing God to come in to bring the peace that only he can bring? I'll give you guys just a couple minutes to think about that for a sec. So you guys all got something in your head? I want to ask the second question, though. Is what are you willing to risk to experience God's peace in your life this morning? What are you willing to risk? What are you willing to do to step out and say, Jesus, I want your peace. I want your completeness in my life. What are you willing to risk? What are you willing to do to step out? What are you willing to do to look like this woman who was bleeding for 12 years and she was lacking, she was without, and she stood up and she did everything she could because honestly, this could have costed her life. By her stepping out and touching Jesus' clothes with her being unclean, they could have probably stoned her, they probably could have tossed her out. She risked everything just to experience Jesus. Are we willing to come this morning to make a move towards Jesus? Are you willing to say, Jesus, you are my all? You're the only one that's going to bring completeness. Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of this looking like my life sometimes. I'm tired of this being what it, the best I can get because that's without Christ. This morning, I want us to come to this place where we say, Jesus, you are my all, you are my everything, and I need you to fix and restore this spot in my life. Can you guys all stand with me this morning?